party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual player RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by my good friend Scotty Moore for a game of Called in the Ring by Christine Carmack. Called in the Ring is a game about my favorite topic in the world, professional wrestling. It is a two-player game in which each player takes on one of two roles in a highly anticipated title match. Either the jobber, someone destined to lose every match but whom just might pull out this one big win, or the reigning champion who has to defend their reputation and their title against this suddenly competent oncoming uh, challenger. Will you struggle against each other to win the favor of the crowd? Will you work together to put on an incredible show? Anything is possible as long as you keep track of your heat. Called in the Ring, it was an absolute blast to play. I loved it so much. I had so, so much fun playing it. I think you're really going to enjoy listening to it. You can find more information about Called in the Ring in the show notes. Scotty, in addition to being a fellow wrestling fan and producer of some wonderful wrestling-related content, is a relentlessly prolific podcaster, one of the heads of the BS Podcast Network which houses just a million different podcasts ranging from shows about pro wrestling to pop culture to one particular show that I want to shout out because it's got a time-sensitive thing that I would love for you to act on. And that show is The Many Adventures of Sammy Magic. The Many Adventures of Sammy Magic is a fully improvised retelling of a delightfully cherished uh, children's book series about a young wizard whisked off to a magical academy. Uh, The only differences between this story and a series of books you may have read is one... Uh, this, this podcast does not put money into the pockets of a notorious transphobic asshole. And two, they actually make these stories good. Now, the reason I mentioned that podcast specifically is because the Many Adventures of Sammy Magic is up for several Audioverse Awards and nominations for the Audioverse Awards, or finalist voting rather, runs through December 5th. So I would love for you to listen to this episode. I would love for you to go check out the Many Adventures of Sammy Magic, and I would love for you to go vote for it, as well as a bunch of other shows by friends of uh, the podcast, including things like A Horror Borealis, um... Campaign Skyjacks and Campaign Skyjacks Couriers Call, a friend of the show, my best friend, Aaron Gaetano Saez, is nominated uh, for their performance as C.C. Whitwick in Couriers Call. A bunch of wonderful shows are nominated. I would love for you to go check out the Audioverse Awards. You can find a link to that as well in the show notes. Oh, and one more technical note. My audio is not as good in this episode as it usually is. Audacity, like, played a little trick on me that it loves to play where it subbed out my shitty laptop onboard microphone for the nice USB microphone that I'm recording on right now. So I sound a little fuzzy. I'm not quite up to my normal audio standard, but I think it's still a great episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. I just like throwing in that disclaimer. And on that note, let's throw it over to me in the past so he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. Uh, this week, I am very, very excited to be sitting down with Scotty Moore. Scotty, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Oh, snap. It's time. It's time to go. It is time to go. I've been I've been jazzed up for this for at least the last 24 hours, and not only because we were supposed to record this yesterday. Uh, I've been real, real hyped for this exact recording for a good long while now, so uh, expectations are high is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. No, I can do it. It's okay. It's it's wrestling, so it's like, I'm good. Yeah, what I like to do before record, uh, right at the start of a recording is really set the stakes high so that we both feel like we're ready to disappoint. That's where I, that's, it's, it, sets the, it sets the stakes high for me. Well, I mean, you're making so, me come up with a wrestler, which is kind of what I just already do in general. So I'm like, okay. Same. We're, we're, we're on the same page here, so I feel like this is going to be a, an effortless recording for the both of us. 
Um, real quick before we dive in, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Well, I already do, like, seven different weekly podcasts, including The Mini Adventures of Sammy Magic, which is a dramatic, improvised retelling of a story about a boy wizard... A boy who may have lived, the only difference is there's a lot less transphobia and racism and also less bad storytelling. But since we're Fair. since we're on the wrestle thing, I also run the Fight Boys YouTube channel, which is part podcast, which we do the Fight Boys News podcast. We review all of the weekly shows, but also we have our own wrestling organization called JWF. We do a weekly audio drama. It is the only audio drama that is strictly just wrestling. So imagine everything you'd get from Monday Night Raw, except written well, in audio drama format. So we do that. We have a develop mental territory called JXT that we do our that's basically where we test out characters and we do that in WWE 2K19 and I also host a series called Developmentally Unstable which is very similar to the McElroy's show Monster Factory except instead of doing different video games we only do WWE 2K19 we just make two wrestlers and make them fight it out and then put them in JXT and if they're good like our good boy the Jebedo who is the son of Slenderman and the Babadook, he gets, sure. to, he gets to stick around. But if they're really crappy, like Mad Turkey Mike, which was the gobbledygooker's suit with a creepy baby head, we try to kill them. And luckily, yeah, we, sure. we finally did that. So that's all my wrestle stuff I do. That sounds, you know what, if, if, I, if you're approached by a gobbledygooker suit with a baby head, you try to kill that. Like, that's just how that works. That is, that is pretty straightforward logic in my book. And then he started winning matches, and I'm like, shit, that's no, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like any, see, because I think the only thing worse than, worse than the premise of that on its own face is that is, is a gobbledygooker with a giant baby head that's also good at fighting. Yeah, no, like, that's the amazing thing about JXT, is we will have joke characters who somehow turn out great. Like, we made one, and we just hit randomize, and it looked exactly like an adult version of Bobby Hill. And we just, (laughs) we named him Robert Hill. And then he started fucking winning constantly. Like, every match Robert won. So now we're like, okay, I guess he's our Brock Lesnar. That's all we have to do with this guy now. What What else can you do at that point? Yeah. All right. Well, with that, speaking of professional wrestling, do you want to play a game about pro wrestling? I would love to play a game about professional wrestling. All right, because this week we are playing Called in the Ring by Christine Carmack. Um, It is a game about I'm just going to read the intro because I think it sums it up pretty well. Two people enter the ring, but only one leaves a champion. One of you is booked to lose this match, as you have been for the past dozen matches, and your opponent is trying to maintain a record breaking championship run. Tonight, though, that all changes. You are going to win, or at least you're going to try to. So it's the Montreal screw job or the opening of Ready to Rumble is what's happening. Yes. One of the two of somewhere in that somewhere in that that headspace is where we should be at. You know, those two very similar things. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a role-playing game for two wrestlers, a jobber and a champion. The jobber is resisting the odds to try to win this match, while the champion needs to maintain their hold. Um, so the first question, do you want to play a jobber or a champion? Um, 
You know what? I'm since this is, of course, a, a, a dice based game. I'm just gonna roll one to five jobber, six to ten champion. Right. I am a champion. I rolled an eight. Excellent, excellent. Um, so we're each gonna create a wrestler. Um, I have been thinking about this for days now. Like I've been really sculpting it in my mind so I can introduce my jobber if you'd like. Okay, yeah, yeah. Job, job me up while I go through my list of gimmick ideas. Alright, so today I'm going to be playing Slugger Troy McGinsky. Um, Slugger is, on the surface, uh, a baseball gimmick. Like, he wears the baseball shirt and a hat. But more specifically, the gimmick that he has embraced is that of... The, the, the look that he has and the energy that he has embraced can only be described as, like, uh, 70s... 70s-ass 70s wrestler. So that sort of, like... Thick and burly, um, very hu- huge chin. Looks like he would appear on not like a not like a successful tops trading card, but like one of the other ones that you get if you were to spend a quarter on a tops baseball card pack. So you that you would then throw away. So you've made Dasher Hatfield is exactly who you've made. Very uh, big da- Dasher Hatfield, except not as uh, neither as. Friendly and amicable as Dash or Hatfield when he was a Technigo, nor as nor as serious as when he was a Rudo. Not a, a, of, not a very good professional wrestler. Yeah, not a very good professional wrestler. Um, big. If if Matthew McConaughey were to put on a Dasher Hatfield mask, that's the energy <laughs> that Slugger Troy McGinsky's bringing to the table. Now, so wait, if he's like Matthew McConaughey, is he like a southpaw, or does he is he all right, all right, all right? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Bringing in big seventies chill vibes. Yeah, yeah, mirrored, mirrored shades. Okay, I'm going through mine of like different people. Now, one is the skinniest man alive, but I don't think that's a. I've got. I'm. I'm stuck between two, and one is just right. like. Imagine a Alberto Del Rio or a JBL, but. They're full-on American psycho. So it is not... It's like, I have money, but really, it's more I have... I'm a cold-calculated murderer. Or the alternate is just a YouTube fuckboy. I I hate that no one's embraced the influencer thing. I guess the closest is maybe... Uh, Sammy Guevara or maybe Kip Sabian of kind I mean, of Sammy Guevara is literally a YouTuber and uh, and also literally problematic and so has embraced the spirit of being a YouTuber <laughs> in the most thorough yeah. way possible because it turns out also a scumbag so like it turns out like he was really truly just embracing a level of YouTuber that none of us expected yeah um, <laughs> let's I, I kind of really want to go up against an American psych. Like, that feels pretty good to me. Okay, okay. Now so no, I gotta come up with it. I guess B- Bateman is the last name, but I can't be Patrick. F- oh, hold on, I'm just gonna Google fancy lad first names. <laughs> <laughs> always, always a good thing that you want in your search history. Oh my god, the first one that came up is great, and it's Alistair. Alistair Bateman. Alistair Bateman is a good name. Right? <laughs> That's a good wrestler name. I'm just, okay, I'm putting that in the get, because, like, I'm going to make Alistair Bateman on Developmentally Unstable now. Like, it's now just going to have to happen. I'm oh, here for this. It's such a good name. Okay, where are we, uh, where, how did, how did old, I, 
almost called him Dasher Hatfield, but uh, what was your name exactly? Slugger Troy McGinsky. Slugger, and then Troy McGinsky is the actual name. So how did yeah. Troy end up getting this match? Oh, gosh. Um, Troy, it was, a, it was a build. It was a very classic build where Troy has been losing for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And kind of cut a promo in the ring a few weeks prior where he had said, like, I got one. I got one more at bat. If I don't score a grand slam, then I'm then I'm walking off of the I'm walking off the field forever. And like by sheer chance, like like it was set up. It's one of those like if I can beat these three people, then I'll get my title shot and I'll get to see if I can run for home plate. Okay. And has scored like fluke wins over several other wrestlers. Like they've all been. Either they've none of them have been like decisive, right? Like it was one of them was like a quick roll up, and one of them was a uh, wrestler slipped and got locked in a submission hold because they messed up, like they messed up a move and got locked in a submission hold. And it's all been very like the storyline leading into this is still like can can he take this home? Can he score the grand slam? And can he like can he actually decisively win? Like. Has all of this been a series of random flukes that have put him way out of his league, pun intended? Okay, and this is built up. Would you say this is a WrestleMania, a Survivor Series? I, I think I, this I, is... I kind of like SummerSlam, because I almost like that Alistair's been dodging Troy for months, and like I, I think Alistair definitely had a stable of similarly suited individuals, and I'd love oh, yeah. if they all looked very similar, like creepily similar. And oh, I for th- sure. I think he's lost them though in this buildup. I think that he Troy has made him they, doubt his faith. They were the, they were the people that I've taken out like again, like I just ran by again, like random circumstances meant that I've taken out everybody in your stable except for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't trust them anymore because they're not able if they if you can't take out slugger troy you don't need to be in the uh the billionaires club oh the billionaires club is a good name i i definitely love the idea that they all look eerily similar it reminds me of partially because we just watched the entire series the investors from the venture brothers like Uh, creepy suited vampires oh no no no! it's the billionaire boys club which is a film that made zero dollars love it here for it and so yeah this is this is I like SummerSlam. It's not like a, a headline show, but it's one where it is exactly the kind of show where the unlikely underdog could take it all home. Yeah. It is exactly the big enough show where, like, the, the fan favorite, like, the, the guy that we really want to see win, like, could win because we've got nine months until WrestleMania, so he can have his little run and then they can set up uh, bringing in... I don't know who's a headliner on SNL these days for the main event of the actual WrestleMania. <laughs> Kate McKinnon versus Brock Lesnar in the main event of WrestleMania. Kate McKinnon would obliterate the beast. <laughs> and we all know it. All right. So with that, we, uh, I'm going to explain how the game works. Cause I, I really want, as soon as, as soon as we know the rules, I really just want to like hit the ground running. Okay. So how this is going to work is we have a meter of 10 heat uh when that number reaches 10 uh i'm gonna keep track of that on my end and i'll just let you know where we're at that way i can also say it to the listeners um once that number reaches 10 heat the match is over and like that's the big build this is the build to the finisher this is the build to the the final thing um whoever has the most heat 
wins the match. If the if the jobber can build up enough momentum, they can pull off they can pull off their uh, they can pull off the the win and and take home the the title. If the champion has more heat, you have defended your your streak, and you've sent the you've sent Slugger Troy packing, and you've sent him back to the dugout. Okay. How this is going to work is uh whenever is we're gonna walk through the match, and whenever the jobber attempts to break the script a little bit, I'm gonna roll a ten sided dice on a seven or better. I'm gonna succeed and mark a heat. If I roll a ten, I get to mark three heat because I pulled off a great spot. And if I've rolled one, it was a huge botch, and I've put myself at risk of losing. Uh, essentially, and whatever, ha- and then whenever I fail, you're going to get to do some things to, to build for heat for yourself. Okay, okay. Now, do, do our heats combine, or? Yes, they combine on the track. Okay. When, when there's 10 heat between us, then that's it. Like, it's over. We're building until we have 10 heat total. Okay, but, okay. Um, like, it's possible for both of us to lose any heat at any given time like you can spend any amount of heat to change a result by one so like if i roll a seven and you have one heat you can make me fail that roll okay cool cool and, cool. Uh, uh and i have to if i roll a one i have to spend three heat to to win the match or convince you as champion to keep the match going okay so that number is going to go up and down and the drama of like watching that build towards 10 is going to be what pushes us towards the finisher of the match Sick. Okay. I am just reading over notes. So, do you begin or do I begin? Like, how? Who? Be- um. I think either of us can go first. So I think we just have to describe. We got to describe our entrances before we describe start the match, and then I, I feel like it's got to be, and then we'll decide who we feel like should go first, kind of in the moment. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, you of course. I will give I the got, baby I face. Enter first. Yep. Challenger enters first. Um, so I think what happens is um, there is a baseball or like there's a a, a a pitching machine set up just kind of to the right of Gorilla. Oh my uh, God! Yes. Like at the start of the match, we hear the crack of the bat, and a ball is shot in is shot sort of a uh, stone cold beer style towards the <laughs> crowd and there's like people are fighting to catch the foul ball and then another crack and then another crack and like coming out with an aluminum bat slung over my shoulder just kind of like two finger kissing my lips and like throwing it to the crowd the slugger very like low energy entrance for how big this match is but slugger troy got an got a wavelength that he walks on and he does not change that yeah, yeah. So he's just making his way down. He's kissing to the crowd. Um, he's waving. He's signing some of the balls that people have grabbed, and he kind of slides in, um, taps the taps the turnbuckle points out, does like a little faux swing, and then like uh like kind of tosses the bat over his shoulder. Two ring crew members have to like dive to catch it so that it doesn't fall and hit a fan. Okay. And then kind of uh sort of. Leans back against the post a little bit, a little bit uh, Tetsuya Naito, a little bit, a uh, little bit Tranquilo, just kind of leans back. Um, obviously, like, has, if not to chewing tobacco, bigly chew in his mouth and is, like, spitting and chewing and uh, kind of, like, adjusts the shades, spins the, spins the baseball cap, has the baseball cap facing forward, spins it backwards, leans back and awaits awaits his opponent to enter the ring 
Okay, for me, for Alistair Bateman, I like to think this storyline has been his build-up to going American Psycho. So sure, I think he, he had just been boring JBL up until this point. And this is the moment the snap happens, and also it is going to be a big shock for the crowd when we get, like, a Goldberg entrance, and you see him backstage walking to the ring with his posse, and, like, right before they get to, the gr- to Gorilla... He just beats the shit out of all three of them for no apparent. <laughs> Excellent. Like he just Very good. destroys them, and then also I want one of them to blade. The reason why? Oh, gotta be. They gotta be. They gotta blade. Well, one of them has to blade because I want him to come out like his hair slicked back, but there's like a little bit of blood, and then yep. he's got blood on his shirt, and he's just looking down at it, furious, and it has a bit of a original mankind kind of entrance of just staring directly at slugger troy like i'm gonna kill you now and he's just like methodically walking towards the rig and then just now here's what i love about this entrance i love the specific fact that you that, that that one of the guys backstage bladed because it was a backstage entrance and they they could have faked that yeah They could have done fake blood. You could have just done fake. There is, there is literally nothing requiring it, and that's the sort of senseless, like pointless commit, uh, like committal to gimmick that I live for. Yeah, a backstage segment that could have been pre-taped, but instead resulted in an injury. What is this all out? Uh, anyways, yes. Yeah. So, so uh, gets in the ring, still a little bit of blood playing at the top of his head, and just. St- Stares, stares down Slugger Troy, and at that point, the crowd's like, "Okay, this is gonna be a squash. This is go- that's what they think at this point." And I think, um, I think, I think I would like to roll immediately to go off script a little bit. Okay, because I think there is immediately a moment, uh, like the bell rings. It's a moment that's a little gross, but I'm gonna go for it anyway because it's wrestling, and what is wrestling if not a little gross? I'm gonna take the the big league chew out of my mouth, this like wad of grayish, gr- sickly gum, and like flick it at uh, at Alistair Bateman. It's not at all like part of the the plan, but it's just that little moment of like, yeah, all right, this is this is this is what your 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 fancy suit is worth to me. I'm gonna flick gum at it. Okay. And I also think during this time he is doing like. A dramatic Rick Rude-esque undressing that he does where he makes sure all of his clothes are, like, perfectly folded. And as you do it, he just kind of looks up. (laughs) So that's a one. Oh. (laughs) So how is this a huge botch? Can I say it gets in your literal eye? I don't think, I think it needs to be something on you, so I think it's you try to do something cool. Oh, it's, like, stuck on my fingers, and I have to, like, literally, like, and then my hands are kind of stuck together, so I'm or rubbing them on my pants. Or, alternately, you go to throw it, and then it gets caught in your own hair, <laughs> now it's stuck <laughs> in your own hair, and, like, I just look over, and I just see you with your hands stuck to your hair, freaking and out go, over oh, this. No, oh, oh, so, um... I have to convince you as champion to keep the match going, and I feel like that's at least pretty easy here, because, like, it's just the start, which means, like, if you don't continue this match, you won't get to beat the ever-living hell out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think at that point, my boy just, like, 
bell rings, your hand is stuck in your hair. Just starts full on stomping a mud hole in him in his respective yep. turnbuckle. Now, do I roll for the? Are, are you the only one that rolls? I'm the only one that rolls. Um, so here's what you get to do. I have failed a roll. Yeah. Um, you actually get to immediately mark two heat because you are keeping this and keeping the match going. Okay. So you mark two heat towards the finish. Uh, the next time I roll a huge botch, you'll mark three heat, and then four heat, and then five heat, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. So like you get to. It's sorry, my it's my job as a person who knows wrestling to try to fix effectively how you have yes. fucked up this match. Okay. And here's the other thing that you get to do. Um, um, now that you have marked some heat, I failed a roll. You get to guess what my next result is going to be. Do I have to guess the exact number? You have to guess the exact number. Seven. Okay. If I roll a seven, we treat that number as a huge botch instead. You describe yes. how you're putting me in my place and restoring the intended storyline. Now, the other part of that that's very important is that you can spend any amount of heat to change the number that I roll by one. So if I roll a five, you can push that to a seven. If I roll a nine, you could push that down to a seven. But you <laughs> lose the two But you lose the two heat that you spend in doing so. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with All that. Right. So you are stomping a mud hole into me. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are down there. You are, I imagine you're choking me out a little bit and like just beating the living hell out of me. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think what happens is I, um, I, I take the, the baseball cap off of my head and I, I slap it down on you so that the, the, the cap of the, he- of the thing, like the top of it is a, is a, cr- is over your face. So I'm just covering your face with a baseball cap, and then okay. I go for like a, an extremely sloppy roll up. It's just a like, haha! I didn't see that coming. Joke's okay. on you, buddy. All right, what did you what you do in there? Uh, I'm gonna roll a dice. I'm going off script. You thought you had you thought you thought you were gonna keep the story going, and I'm gonna I'm gonna roll you up here. Okay, that is an eight. Yeah, I'm gonna spend that one point. <laughs> All right. Um, so what goes horribly wrong here? Um, I think you, you try to do a, like a sunset flip style roll up. So you've got me by both legs and then I literally just sit down on you and then I catch you in a pin. And the crowd like eats that up because at this point, like the storyline is clearly like, I have no chance against you. So every time you are able to just like aggressively shut down like what i'm doing and you're able to like just like obliterate me so i got three for that one (laughs) correct uh so so it bumps so you you spend one heat to change my number and then get two heat back so you you go from two heat to three heat well no no no. uh it says uh when you keep it going right you get three heat you're correct we go go up to four heat it's called tactics right there oh all right what do I do next? What's my next tactic here? Well, I assume I know, since I am, of course, also having to play Scotty Moore, the actor behind Alistair Bateman, I am aware yes. this is not the finish, so I will allow you to kick out. All right. So, yeah, I kick out, I roll back, and I think I'm going to immediately, like, in one fluid motion, like, I kick out, you kind of climb to your feet, I roll back, strike uh, a football pose which is weird which doesn't quite fit the gimmick but it's close enough 
and I'm going to go for a flying body block to take you out at the knees to try and like uh to try and like uh knock you off of your feet. Because oh, I so think like maybe a, if I can get you off your feet, like a cross chop to the knee. Oh yeah, god, that yeah, exactly. sucks. Um, also, I guess four. I'm gonna guess four? you roll a four. Yeah. All right. I am rolling my d10. Son of a bitch. What? That was a four. <laughs> oh my god, what? This is about to be the fastest episode of Party One ever. Oh, like ain't part of this. Um, at the, I guess I just jump. <laughs> I just or yeah, no, no, no. Here's what it is: is you go to chop block my knee. I uh-huh. literally just pick up like, uh, and this is a, gonna show when we recorded this, but. Asuka did a match recently against Zelina Vega where she kept trying to take out the knee and Asuka just kept pulling up the leg and laughing at her. I pull <laughs> up the knee and then once you, I'm going to assume you baseball slide into it to keep with your yep. gimmick, uh, pick up the knee and then just crack you in the side of my, in the side of the head with my boot. And it is a little stiff. I am giving yep. you a receipt. <laughs> that's fair. No, that's fair. Um, and I think that you do that, like, and I am, I'm reeling at this point, because, ow, that actually hurt, like, a son of a hell. Um, but I think what I'm doing is, like, I kind of, like, pause, and I kind of let you think that you have the upper hand for a minute. And I do uh, something that, I, I don't know if I've said this on Party of One, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it's important to me as a person, and it's important that everyone knows that this is important to me. My favorite gesture in all of professional wrestling. Okay. Far and away, the favorite thing that ever happens in a wrestling match is when somebody looks to the crowd and then taps their forehead. Because that's how you know they're smart. <laughs> I'm a smarty pants. I pop every time for this. Anytime, anytime in a match, I'm like, oh, he's tapping his head. Oh, he's smart. He's good. He's smart. <laughs> he's a smart boy. I am going to untie your shoes and tie them together while you are grandstanding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what okay. do you want to guess? Um, six. That is a ten, so. Oh, great spot. Oh, wait, but I could. I could do three, <laughs> give up three heat, pull it down to. Oh. You, would have to give up, you would have to give up four heat. And you would get four heat back. No, I'd get five, wouldn't You'd I? Get five. So you would you would only gain one heat out of this if you did that. Yeah, but that would put me at nine heat. That would. I don't feel like it's possible for for old slugger to come back. We may have to do a second <laughs> match here. Actually, no. It's I want to get. Well, actually, no. This would be the end if you pull this off, because it, it would, would take us to eleven heat combined. So yeah, I'm gonna give up my four. All right. Just so we could keep the narrative going and this podcast can last longer. Oh, well, I mean, we could end the match and have a second match. I'm fine with that. Oh, okay. Um, then, yeah, get your uh, get your great spot in. All right. Um, so the great spot is that, like, I, is that, like, you go to, what is your finisher? What is, what is Alistair Bateman's finisher? I kind of think just a, uh, a guillotine choke. Just like a okay. vicious guillotine. Do you do a taunt before you, uh, do you signal for a taunt before you lock it in? Um, I'm trying to think of what it would be to kind of fit this American Psycho aesthetic. 
If, unless it would just be... Hold on, let me make sure I know exactly the body positioning for a guillotine. So I can yeah, make I sure... Yeah, I also know that. Is that... That's the front. Okay, no, it's a reverse guillotine then. So imagine, like, the setup for a crossroads. Except okay. I'm just wrenching on the neck. So I think he just kind of squats down and stares at Slugger from behind as Slugger gets to his feet. Like, that's his taunt. <laughs> So I think you rush, you go to rush at me and immediately just face plant, right? Okay. And I go and grab you and try to sort of go for like a little bit of an alligator clutch because I'm just like, I can grab your knees because you're sort of uh, face first, ass in the air, and I just grab your knees and like plop down. And Jesus. Like it's like a 2.9 count before you're able to kick out and in one fluid motion lock me in the guillotine choke. Okay, okay, yeah, that works. Like, just a very, very quick moment there. Yeah, like, it, it, and it, and it was, it's, it's, it's one of those match endings where, like, it has the energy of, like, he still comes out looking like a star because, like, he was so close. Yeah, like, Troy he got came very, so very close. close. And it, like, it was kind of a change in character because he's always kind of been, uh, Sort of a well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna I'm gonna wrestle. But this was sort of the debut of his uh, sort More. of Yano gimmick of like I'm just gonna cheat and try and outsmart yes! him. You've made baseball Yano, baseball Yano. Um, yeah. So this is sort of the debut of his like new like cheater gimmick because he's like, well, I tried out I tried out wrestling him and it didn't exactly work, so I can try out cheating him. Yeah. And it, I I think like I think I lose the match. But I think, like, for Troy, it becomes a new chapter of his career. And I will say, I do believe Alistair Bateman after the match. If we Do, do we want to do another match with him, or do we want to make, make another new wrestler? I, so what I would love to do, what I would love to pitch to you, is I would love to play Alistair Bateman in a later match. Oh, and have okay. And you create a jobber. Okay, um, then, I well, firstly, after this match, I do think, oh, wait, you said the bat was metal, never mind. I was gonna say Alistair- it can, be, it can be worked metal. Okay, well, no, Alistair Bateman beats the shit out of Troy with his own <laughs> bat, then snaps it over his knee. See, and that's much cooler, because it's a fake metal bat, so it's like, oh my god, he broke a metal bat. He just broke a metal fucking bat with his knee. And, like, for the live crowd, like- they could tell that it was hollow and like it just kind of crumbled, but like <laughs> they didn't. The way they shot it, it's just in such a way that you're like, oh my god, they broke is that a metal a por- bat? <laughs> was that bat made of porcelain? I didn't know that was a thing you could do. Ah, uh, poor slugger Troy. I love him a lot, and I wish good things for him. There was a moment where I was like, oh no, I I, I messed it up. I'm about to have ten points. Oh god. So, yeah, I think so. The legendary streak of Alistair Bateman with his new American Psycho character continued. Okay. Um, I think what happens is over the next several months, like, uh, the Billionaire Boys Club, like, comes after me. Like, they try to evict me. And it's just, like, you know, brutal squash matches, right? Like, uh, and in between each one, like, the, the suit never changes and it's just getting worn. Like, there's just an elbow missing and you know, tears on everything because I'm not like, and it's just showing this, like, this, this appearance of, like, but I still wear it in the way that is, like, um, in the way of, like, a proper businessman. Like, it's not that I'm, like, it's not that I'm losing track of my appearance, it's that I'm simply, like, 
I, I, I simply, like, have, have stopped putting on, like, I, it's this mixture of, like, I look disheveled, but I'm still affecting that I'm still this, like, this, this proper businessman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. God, Alistair Bateman's just such a good character. I'm, I'm really here for Alistair Bateman. Like, alright, um, well then, uh, after this big storyline... I think the Royal Rumble happens if we're going to sure, do this. Yeah. Like, this led yeah, to Survivor Series. And then Royal Rumble, uh, I want to debut one of my own personal characters from my own shows. Okay. And it is the Hammer Man. <laughs> okay, good. He's just a masked boy. In fact, so we, okay, we had a, a group of guys named the VWO, they were the Vape World Order, then sure. we beat them in a match at Survivor Series, and they got kicked out of the company. Well, one of them came back under a mask called the Hammer Man, and uh, we loved him so much, we just have kept him around. He's just a big bearded boy with a mask on, and he loves hammers. Uh, so I'm gonna bring in the Hammer Man, and he wins the Royal Rumble. Out of nowhere, no one expected him to show up. And now at WrestleMania, Hammerman versus Alistair Bateman. Now, can I throw out a detail for the party of one version of the Hammerman that only feels that feels appropriate here? Is it the fact that he's actually Slugger under a mask? Slugger Troy under a mask? It only feels right. Okay, okay. Uh, but that's not revealed until after he, like, if he beats him for the title, after yeah. he beats him, he takes it off and it's Slugger Troy. Oh, I love the idea that if he loses, like, Slugger Troy shows up the next night and they're like, was it you under the mask? I don't know. It's no, it wasn't me. wasn't me, I guarantee it. That was the Hammer Man. That was the that's Hammer Man. on the posters. I love the Hammer Man. He's great. Well, why isn't he here tonight? Shut up. I don't know. <laughs> Probably has to work his hammers. <laughs> okay, Hammerman versus Alistair Bateman. This is a rest. And what's bad is the fact that I know I'm going to put this into Alistair Bateman into my own shows, meaning this is a real main event that might happen good, one day. Good, good. I'm excited for this. Uh, Hammerman's entrance, of course, he has like a very Rey Mysterio look to him. Sure. So he's just got like a big ass bird thing on his head there's pyro going off everywhere and there's little rubber hammers raining from the ceiling down on all the kids to pick up of course of course there are mm-hmm. uh finally he gets into the ring and oh my god oh I'm, we won't be able to do it because it's a game of chance but all i would love at the end of this match was he gets his big hammer Goes to hit him, or, uh, no, Alistair gets the hammer, goes to hit him with it, the hammer sticks into the ring, he pulls it out, <gasps> it's a baseball bat, boom, Slugger grabs oh! it. Alright, let me ask you an important question. Okay. This is a music question. What's the worst Genesis song? Oh, shit, I don't know why, is that what you're gonna say for... That's what I... Alistair is gonna come out to. <laughs> Shit, I only know good Genesis songs. It, I, I do, okay. You know what song I think it is? Because it's, it's a song that I, I actually enjoy, but I also recognize that it's objectively kind of bad. Yeah. It is the Phil Collins, uh, it is the Phil Collins, um, Can't Seuss. Hurry Love 
Oh, because I, I mean, if we want to go really on the nose, we could just do hip to be square. And that's what we he comes up to. Or got, Seuss. I think it, I think it's we got to lean into the gimmick. It's got to be hip to be square. Okay, and um, of course, uh, shocking no one. Hammerman's entrance music is a heavy metal remix of "You Can't Touch This." Of course, <laughs> and so like the crowd's all waiting, and then the lights go out as you hear "Stop Hammer Time." Exactly. Um, hip to be square is playing. I am coming out like I am debuting the full look, which means I am now wearing a blood-soaked raincoat and carrying a, a fire axe. Yes. Still the same entrance of like I've locked eyes on you, but now I have an, uh, a fire axe over my shoulder in a bloody in a bloody raincoat. And yeah. like as I periodically just stop and like I'm still locking eyes on you, I'm still very serious. And then I stop and I light up and I do like a little spin and like shimmy the the fire axe like it's a dancing cane. And then it's back over my shoulder and I'm like moving towards you. Okay, this is you. It seems like you're overestimating the hammer man, which I feel like is going to give me some advantages. Good, I'm okay with this <laughs> because I don't think anybody expected much because his name is in fact the fucking hammer man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I feel like we've all, we've all. You know what? That's perhaps the story of this match. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Okay. So we're in the ring. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, in the left corner, hailing from parts unknown, the Hammerman. <sighs> and to the right corner, he is your champion. <laughs> He is the American psycho, Alistair Bates. And I get halfway through the intro, and I've bum rushed the uh, I've bum rushed the ring announcer, and I'm now beating them down, and I throw them out of the ring and, and call for the bell to ring. Okay. Um. Oh shit. So like, what? And then I stand back up and I adjust my suit and like my fix my my cuff links and I like I I shake it out like I get my I regain my composure. Okay. In your corner, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, you immediately turn around to the hammer man going for the big hammer boot, which is just a oh. big boot. Oh no. Roll your D10. Alright. That is a four. Alright. So you have failed at a roll, which means I get to mark a heat. Um, I think what happens here is I kind of grab you by the boot and spin you around. Okay. And, um, I grab you by the boot, I spin you around, and I, um, elbow you in the back, like, right in the back of the head to kind of knock you to the floor. Oh, Jesus. Okay, um, I think at that point he does fall to the ground (laughs) and kind of scramble for the ropes at that point. And then... At which point, like, I am, like, I'm lurking around you, like, my shoulders are kind of slouched down, and I'm, like, I am very over-the-top stalking you like you are my prey. Oh, God. Um, and I think this match would be fun if we just had little small teases. Uh, Hammerman... Oh, for sure. Yeah, Hammerman rolls over and sees you stalking him and spits at you, but he does spit gum... But only like people would think about it. So spitting yeah, the gum, it, it doesn't. It doesn't immediately register with. Well, I guess how, how much it registers with the crowd depends on how well you roll here. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna call for you to roll a six. 
Oh no, that's a one, so still oh. bad. So uh I'm gonna I think like I think it happens is nobody in the crowd notices, partially because like um because you got clocked in the back of the head, like um you, when you go to spit, you spit like you you spit and it, it there's gum, but there's just like a lot of extra just comes at me and like it's like oh ooh ooh that's that's awful. We're, and then the gum just falls back onto my face. Yeah, <laughs> not again. And I think like I think that the only person that fully registers it is we see a moment like a close up on Alistair's face where like he kind of twitches for a moment and like grinds his teeth a little bit. As he goes and immediately, um, I'm gonna say locks you in it, like, goes and, like, rushes at you and locks you in a knee bar. Oh, God. Now, I am close to the ropes. I can grab yeah. the ropes. I will say yeah, that. I think you're able to grab, I think you're able to grab the ropes and get out of this. But I think, like, is clearly now, like, looking to injure you and looking to, like, hurt you specifically. Because, like, that moment, seeing that gum, like, triggered something in his head. Okay, okay, okay. And I actually do, since it was a huge botch, like, I have to convince you, and the way I convince you is by grabbing the ropes. You cannot, yeah. you physically cannot end the match right now. Right. I like that. So, I think I pull myself out of the ring at that point. I'm like, I have, I, no, uh-uh. And I just kind of exhaustedly walk around the outside for a few, which, I know I'm the baby face, but I, I, that's all I have right now. I go into the corner and I grab like a boxing stool and I set it in the middle of the ring and I sit down and I I, I reach into my uh, my suit coat pocket and I pull out a nail file and I start filing my nails. Oh God, I'm you're such a dick! And you're I'm adjusting my suit. I throw the nail file kind. I like toss it over my shoulder and like I I reach out and I start. I pull out uh going full full uh bateman with it i pull out like a business card holder and i just start like flipping through baseball card or baseball card, or business cards and start like throwing them over my shoulder okay um just waiting for you to get back in the ring i think at one point you do actually do pull out a baseball card and you stare oh, yeah. at it and the crowd's like oh <laughs> and i, so, I, so I rip it, it in half it's a game of mental chess as well and i think as you are distracted with the baseball card I get in from behind you and try to hit a uh, a running knee strike to the back of the head. Uh, I'm going to say you're going to roll an eight here. Nine. Are you willing to spin that point? Or are you going to let me clock you in the back of the head with a knee? I'm going to let you clock me in the back of the head on this one. Okay. Uh, you get cracked in the back of the head. The stool falls over. Hammerman just throws it out of the ring. And starts rubbing his face in the business cards. <laughs> how, how many Excellent. heat are you at, by the way, so I can keep trying? I'm at one, and I'm at one, and you're at one, so we're at two heat. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, just continuously is, like, rubbing his face in the business cards, then gets back in the corner and starts pounding his chest, getting ready to try for the hammer boot again. And I, I climb up very, like, almost... Almost too obviously, like climb up and like I'm holding on to the turnbuckles and I'm doing kind of a ladder match climb where it's just grabbing one rope at a time and I get to my feet and I turn around just as you're running at me. Okay, let's see if that works. What you guessing? Um, oh, I don't guess here because you succeeded. Oh, really? So like all of this is, is happening? Yep. All right, uh, I, I clock you with the big hammer boot then. And to uh, go for a early pinfall, 
and I assume you kick out at like two. Yeah. yeah. But it is got, a very big it. shock. What do you what do you roll? Uh let's see. That is a two. So I don't have a heat, but luckily. So I get to take I get to mark one heat. And I think what happens is you clock me, I go down, you go for the roll up, and I um I do one of the 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 ballingest things it that is possible in wrestling. Uh shout out to uh shout out to Daisuke Sasaki in DDT. <laughs> uh do the kick out into the crossface. Oh, I love in like yes. one fluid motion. Best it's the coolest shit. thing in the world. Um, so I kick out and just immediately like float backwards and lock you into the cross face. And I'm just like, tap out right now or I will snap your neck. <laughs> I'm trying to think of positioning now at this point. Um, I think a la Daniel Pooter almost, uh, tapping out Kurt Angle, I am going to try for another roll up. So like, you've All got right. me in the cross face, so it's the pick up, roll around, yeah. roll up. yeah. Let's see if you snap my arm. And I'm gonna say you're gonna roll uh you're gonna roll a seven here. Nope, it was a four, so I'm still in this crossface. How how Alright, well then I'm gonna mark a third heat. I'm hoping to get you get you within within huge bot range, but just outside of that. Yeah. Um you so you pick me up, but that's exactly what I needed to like um uh, like lock you into a cobra clutch and hit you with a cobra clutch slam to put you onto the floor. Okay, so, so like you like you like go to pick me up and I like I kind of uh roll through to my feet, lock you in the clutch, and then slam you down. Oh Jesus, that is painful. Oh man, so now I'm just kind of uh. I, I think... think at this point the crowd has like kind of. Between ripping up the baseball card, you spitting the gum, and just the level of, like, violence that I am showing you here, like, the crowd is starting to be like, oh, something is going on here. I'm not sure quite what it is yet. Uh, I try to kip up. I try to no-sell what you've just done to oh, me. that's really good. That's really very good. Uh, shame you're gonna roll a five, though. No, but I did roll a one. So I try <laughs> to kip up and then just fall back on my ass. All right, so I'm gonna. You're gonna lose your one heat. Um, I'm gonna can. You're gonna convince me to keep. How do you convince me to keep going? And well, I'm I mean, gonna mark it, two heat. Oh yeah, because I do. I could either spend three heat or convince you to keep going. Um, and then you got what two heat? Because that's my second big botch. No three. Uh, so I get three heat. So I'm at six now. I'm at six, and you're at one. Oh man, I gotta convince you to keep the match going. Um. I kip up, I, I try to kip up, and then, like, I fall, and I think at that point Alistair is now just laughing at me, and so now I am pulling the, because we're, we're at seven heat, we're getting close, we're getting close, yeah. so I do the Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker crawl up the side of you, and then as you look down at me, mask comes off. Oh! 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 Crowd is losing it. Crowd is losing their minds, especially because there was probably a lot of talk in the rumble about why Slugger was not in the rumble, and yeah. now they're now they're thoroughly losing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, Alistair, <laughs> you you got it. And I am going to say you are going to roll a four. Roll a four. Okay. And I think this is just gonna figure out where we go after this. Damn it! It was a four.
Well, match yeah. is over. Match is over. Um, I think that you do that, and, like, um, I think you do that, and, like, it shocks me enough that you're able to get, like, a good amount of offense in. Yeah. And, like, but in the end, like, I, I, I think the ultimate poetry is that, like, I have to lock you in kind of a flash guillotine. Like, oh, yeah. you're, 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 you have so much momentum that, like, I lock you in the guillotine and, like, tap you out, but it's kind of a, it's kind of in the same kind of fluke win that you're, that, that kind of started all of this, is, oh, like, okay. I, I do the same thing. So it kind of, like, we come out of this looking, you come out of this still, still having lost, but, like, officially looking, like, kind of my equal, because, like, in the same way that you were only able to get that first title shot through a fluke win, I'm only ultimately able to defend this, like, this comeback match through it through my own fluke win. Yeah, so it's like a massive. Actually, here's what I I, I would say: huge comeback. Uh, Alistair is getting the shit kicked out of him, and then finally, uh, Hammerman, aka Slugger, locks him in the guillotine. Crowd mm. is freaking out, and then he does like the uh, like the way they everyone <laughs> reverses the Kirafuda clutch. He just does yep. the roll over into a pinning predicament one, two, three, and then just scrambles out of the ring the whole time staring as I retrieve the bat and just point it at you Sting style. I Yes, and that's so good because it, it's, it clearly says like A, that we are equals because the only way that I was able to do this was like stealing out the win from under you. It says that this is like so far from over that like you are now someone that I have to be looking out for and, like, someone that I have to be afraid of. And it, like, it, it showcases that, like, uh, that old slugger that was, like, uh, like a straightforward wrestler is still in there somewhere, even as you, even as, as slugger has segued into this, like, Yano-style role. Yeah, no, this is his big comeback, I think. And I think yeah. we could include the, he grabs the hammer at ringside, goes to strike, pulls it out, it's a baseball bat kind of move oh, for in sure. there as 100%. well. I love that. It's a, oh man, it is hard to win as the jobber, ain't it? It real is. It really is. And I kind of love that. Like, I think it works really well for the story that it's telling of, like, slowly trying to maintain the match and slowly watching it like slip out of your fingers is very true to the like it tells the story of a jobber very well yeah i think like as it goes on if you did do multiple matches like maybe take that seven and lower it to a point yeah. where it would be like yeah you could win yeah you could take this i i i this was this was very good thank you so much for playing this with me this was a blast yeah I'm excited to make Alistair Bateman. He's going to be the new JXT champion in no time. I'll tell you what. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Hell yes. Good. Uh, well, thank you so much for coming on the show and playing with me. This was so, so much fun. Yeah. So real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Scotty Mo. That is spelled S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. And you can check out all of my other podcasts at a load of pure BS dot com. And if you go to YouTube and look up Fight Boys, Boys is spelled with a Z. We should be one of the first channels to come up. Uh, we've been doing JWF for three years, which means that I've technically been booking wrestling longer than Tony Khan, which really makes me happy. <laughs> That, and uh, it, it should it should make you happy <laughs> and so it, it so yeah check it out it's my little baby project it's my favorite thing to work on is to tell dumb wrestling stories 
That's honestly like that. It, it, it also mine. So I feel that same same energy. I feel oh, no. that. My my proudest achievement in life is to take Guy Fieri, the actual restaurant man, and turn him yep. into a legitimate contender and champion in my company. I took him from a joke to wow. This guy needs to win this. Um, we we got to believe in Guy. <laughs> That's my favorite thing is taking a jobber, and it's appropriate to this, is taking a jobber character and finding a way to naturally make them deserve a championship. Unlike Jinder Mahal. (laughs) Oh, good. Thank you for for reminding me of the greatest night of my life. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was a blast, and for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, Fast Me, and thanks again to Scotty for coming on the show. God, that game was fun. That game was everything I love about professional wrestling. It was just, it was great. I loved every minute of it. Be sure to check the show notes for links to all of the podcasts Scotty is working on. Be sure to follow Scotty on Twitter at Scotty Mo, and while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Head to our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. Support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. Buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. And while you're looking for podcasts, while you're enjoying fine audio content, support the other podcasts that I produce every week, All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and sometimes uh, some good friends of ours Take a listener-submitted prompt, and we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Side note, our next episode uh, out sometime in the next few days after this recording drops is a very exciting one. We have Patrick Rothfuss on the show, you know, from the Kingkiller Chronicle. It's pretty great, and I'm really excited about it, and I think you're going to enjoy listening to it. Anyway, Party of One, as always, is edited and produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates coming on the show as guests or about press coverage of the show, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.